What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the podcast Off the Track. We are joined today by James Pilkington. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Thanks for coming in, me. man. I've been seeing you for uh, probably two months now. Yep. Every week. Helped a lot because um, getting back into running, I was going through a lot of niggling things. A lot of things like started from my hip, had some shoulder problems, but James has been helping me out a lot, so it's been good. Tell us a bit about uh, your sporting background, where you come up. Um, so from an early age, I was always into sport. So I was a swimmer from about oh, nine years old up until about 17, uh, represented Australia in junior swimming, um, all the way up until about HSE. Yeah. yeah. So I did a fair bit. Was training nine sessions a week at Picton. Um, was a hundred, 200 meter butterflier. Well, After that. Great. Pardon? That's great. Yeah. yeah it's a very yeah, difficult. Wasn't that great. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So I was up at, um, butterfly. up at why? quarter past four. Um, why butterfly? Or why, uh, why 400 hurdles? Yeah. What, yeah. Hardest, you, you tell hardest me, one. You tell hardest me. one. <laughs> Least competitive, right? Not, yeah, not a lot right. of competition. Oh, uh, no. Nah, butterfly was like, I wasn't always the tallest athlete. So there was a lot of power issues. So it was always about heart and how much, how, like how much he had in the tank. So yeah, see, I that's exactly I right. See, 100-meter sprinters Anyone can bust out an easy 50, 100, 200 flyers. This is the freestyler of the swimming yeah, right here. 50 freestyle. No, <laughs> yeah. no one cares about those guys. Oh, <laughs> everyone enjoys the sprint events more than the fucking long... Yeah, because they're over real quick. Yeah, so easy to train for. It's the height, bro, the height. Whatever. So you played a bit of tag as well? Yeah, so... And then I... Uh, then started playing some tag, um, got into some local state and national teams, have represented Malta at all the World Cups so far. So She knows um, Hey Butts, husband. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 you would. Shout yeah. out to Hey Butts. <laughs> uh, I was just with him. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I swear I've seen your face before. Like just Yeah, I played you at the field. Yeah, 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 tell us, tell us a bit about that. So at Norellan, yeah, I played yeah, you at yeah. You played with the young team, and we were the older team. Back chat. What? Oh, you're the yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Josh, Josh always <laughs> talks up how he's the fastest Oz tag player yeah, in Australia. So, so there's uh, a bit of world. there's a bit <laughs> of there's a bit of banter. I won that race, bro. <laughs> there's a good backstory to it. So pretty much like there's Oz tag, and you're there to have fun, have a good time, play Oz tag, obviously. And then there's this wank event, which is like they just do a hundred meter sprint in the middle of it. And <laughs> do, do, yeah, do it at nationals and, and like, the, yeah, and, and, and you win like and you win like a Polaroid camera or something for running and it's like that's heaps cool congrats bro anyway so, so josh has won were it you there that year yeah yeah, yeah okay. and look you're fast but like that's cool so, so i was a king bro yeah. everyone's like oh no, 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 no. Yeah. no one knew who you were on sunday yeah. <laughs> hang, on, hang, on, hang, on, hang on so um yeah no we've played each other a few times so is that when you're playing for vipers yeah so i played vipers and i played okay. for st george as well yeah okay so but um so the champion we won we won 20s that year yeah so Everyone knew who we were on Sunday. Love it, eh? Everyone knew who we were. Did you walk around with your medal too? (laughs) (laughs) We actually actually hang on. That's a funny story. You know the after party? Yeah. Fucking everyone had their medals on, bro. We just had their medals out. Everyone thought we were the biggest shit dogs. Yeah. Everyone hated us, but that's fine. Understand one anyway. That's fine. fine. Anyway, yeah. So, um, (laughs) how'd you get into? What what made you want to be a chiropractor? Um, so from an early age, I've had a lot of shoulder injuries, um, through swimming, being a butterfly, obviously I was doing about 10 Ks a week. So my rotator cuff wasn't great. Um, kind of was going to massage, getting physio done all the time. And then when I was going through school, I just thought like there's, there's gotta be more to it than just like massage and rehab. So I got into health and exercise science post, post uni, um, finished that really, really liked it, but I did want to go into a clinical setting. So I was kind of tossing up between, 
um, orthopedic surgery, nutrition, chiro, physio, osteo. Um, narrowed it down to chiro be just because it gave me a couple more tools. I had more joint manip um, skills that we could work with. And then from there, I've taken my passion for sport and then my own injuries, my own experience and work trying to work with athletes. But general population is where most people sit. But, you know, I, I've always been big on movement. Like I try not to get people anyone, like no one's stopping movement. I don't care what injury you've got. We can do something, mm. not just rest. You know, no one, you know, my analogy that I give most people is, yeah, go on a long haul flight for 16 hours and how do you feel? No one ever gets off that flight feeling good. You mm. feel crap. So, yeah. you know, I don't care whether you've got a, a calf tear or a low back disc injury. You, sh you should be doing some form of movement. You know, we're not going to get you doing a 100 kilo deadlift, but we can do some basic hinges or glute bridges just to get some movement through. Your body's designed at healing through movement. So, um, yeah, I just thought Cairo was pretty good in terms of giving me the skills to get people moving. So the way that I treat is kind of, you know, you do your massage, we do our soft tissue work, stretching, whatever techniques we need for that. Then we can do some joint manips in that and go from there and then give the rehab to support any weaknesses or fundamental issues you've got with however you're performing a task. Yeah. Because yeah, cool. I remember when I first went to him, just as little things as simple as a deadlift, like lifts that I could could have been doing wrong and he fixed that up and I noticed it straight away, like straight away really. like Which is important, right? Like yeah. if you can't... If you can't do a basic move, like sprinting is a complex movement, you know, like, as hard as it is, like to understand that, like to do a power movement like sprinting, it's quite complex. Anyone can do a deadlift, anyone can peel back a deadlift, but to, to create maximal force in a sprint is quite hard. So if we try and look at a deadlift movement and you're not creating that properly and you're not creating that hip drive, well, that's going to transfer across to something like sprinting. So mm. how, how are you supposed to produce optimal force when every time you're striding and contacting the ground yeah. if you can't even do that with one rep so yeah when you're talking about like high performance like everything that you get right you're getting better at something so you get a, like a good performance on running if you yeah well that's right yeah so, so if you try can to optimize everything that's right if you peel back to like a basic movement like a hip hinge or a deadlift and you're not performing that task well well then you go to a single leg movement and you, that's going to fail even more and a single leg hinge or deadlift is part of the stride in running so so with running, would you um, specify on single leg movements? Obviously, because when you're running, you're landing single leg at, the at each time, or it does not really matter in a way. No, you would. Definitely, you need to yeah. do that. Like it, when you go from a double leg to a single leg, you're bringing in a lot of like that anterior thing, so your, your obliques and your core, but you're also going to bring in things like your ankle and knee stability. So if, you, oh, yeah. if you're doing a deadlift and you can do a pretty good double, like, you know, two, like two-legged deadlift, then that's good. Mm but you bring it down to a single leg and you haven't got ankle stability, your brain's going to then turn down motor units. It's going to turn down how strong you are because it thinks, well, hang on, I'm not so stable through my ankle. I'm not so stable through my knee and hip. So I'm not, I'm going to inhibit as much as power. Uh, like I'm going to inhibit a bit of power. So then I'm not going to injure myself. And then that's going to transfer to your running. So yeah, getting you to do a good single leg movement and to, to explode through. So I think we've given you some of those exercises yeah. with the band just to get some strength. And it was hard. And probably the hardest part wasn't the hinge itself. It was keeping your foot and knee stable. Yeah. So when you go through speed, you don't really need as much stability. But when you're fatiguing, going through there, like if your knee is going to go valgus or come in one mil every stride, that's one mil extra that your muscles have to work. So at the back end of a race, when you're fatigued in a 200, 400 meter hurdle, you know, oh, 400. If, if 400 maybe yeah. maybe 200 <laughs> in, his, in his case <laughs> fatigue in that last 50 100 percent. but it makes a difference right? yeah, yeah, even yeah. in a 100 meter sprint like you're not going to finish 100 meter sprint and not be tired like if yeah, you can yeah. generate more force or more power yeah. per stride 
and be mm. more effective. That's what it comes down to, like yeah. being as effective, getting from A to B. So you d- you didn't learn this in your course. This nah. uh, the strength side of things is probably self-taught, right? So when did you start getting into that? Oh, I've o- I've always been like I'd, I'd call myself a bit of a nerd. Like I've always wanted answers. I've always wanted to um, understand why. Like if you ever said to me, even at school, like oh this happens, don't worry about why. Like I was like, nah, that's not good enough. I want to mm. understand. So if if an, if some if a patient comes in and they're struggling with a certain movement i'm going to go back and do some research so i'll go back and peel back every little movement that's happening at the ankle the knee the hip or whatever's going on and i'll go and do research so what research is there out about muscle recruitment what research is there about strength exercises you know and then i'll go and do my own reading so i better understand it so it's probably uh, i I aim to do about 10 pages of research a day Mm. just to help understand a little bit more is that just on everything or just strength just depends like a I try not to limit it too much. So this week I've done a little bit more on, say, like running and sprinting because this is what's been, oh, yeah. been obviously relevant. You said, oh, hey, can I come on this podcast? But, you know, the last couple of months has been a little bit more on, like, COVID-19 because that's going on. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people are going to come in and ask me and I don't want to have yeah. no answer to yeah, it. Yeah. But previous to that, I do a lot of research on gut health and how that affects the immune system or I might have a, you know, a bit of a shoulder injury. So I'll go back and look at some shoulders or something will come up. You know, another thing I've been looking at recently is a lot of sports are going back now. A lot of first grade footballers are getting all these injuries. You know, we've had five or six clean outs in the NRL already. And yeah. I think that could have been prevented if we were getting these athletes to do better programs. You know, we've never seen something like what's happened in COVID-19 where everyone's yeah. just stopped all their activity. Yeah. And then they got told, oh, hey, go back to your high performance level. Like if I said to Surely you guys... they would have kept training though. Like they would have trained, so, but, but it's different. The, like the level that they were, like mm. obviously there's no contact and stuff. Josh will understand this. Like he can train sprinting all he wants. Like yeah, he's very yeah. fit when it comes to sprinting. Yeah. But go on the Oztag field, you're still sprinting. It's a different fitness. Yeah. Like it, match fitness is a massive thing. And it can, it, it's, I can do as much sprinting as I want if it's not transitioned into your specific exercise, your specific movement, those patterns are going to fatigue probably f- before you normally would. Yeah. Mm. And, and that's there's like lateral movement too, like there's different mo- types yeah. of movements and everything. Yeah, right? no, so I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, It's just specificity. Like I yeah. said, you're, yeah. fit, like yeah. you're a good runner, yeah. but you'll get probably way more fatigued in a game of Oztag than you would yeah. in a, in a in a r- training yeah. session yeah. because yeah. it's different. You're yeah. not training for that. And that's just, b- it's not saying that it's any harder. I'm not saying ha- Oztag's any harder than sprinting. I'm just saying that it's a different movement that yeah. your body's not as accustomed to as a sprint training session. Yeah. So therefore, if you were to play a weekend of Oztag, you're more susceptible to an injury because it's beyond what you're used to doing as opposed to you doing a session of sprinting. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. So in that, in some of the research you've been doing about running leading mm-hmm. up to this podcast, what's some of the things that stood out for you? Um, just having a look, uh, I was reading one today about like the muscle recruitment through like a stride. So yeah, that's, that, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Hang yeah. on, yeah, I was going to ask this. <laughs> I like that. What, so Jack has this theory. What is your idea on like flexibility as a sprinter? Like after sessions, do we stretch or um, do we walk or go home? Look, <laughs> it, that's a good question. It probably relates to everything other than s- like sprinting. Flexibility is just one aspect. Like if a muscle is tight, it, I assume that's why you're stretching, right? Because you feel tight. Now, yeah. if you're stretching post-session for recovery, so you've just done a real hard, you've done sublime point and you're fatigued to the legs, of course, stretching is going to help with your recovery from that session. If you're not tight from an exercise, from a recovery point of view, there's a reason why that muscle's tight. And it's more important than just stretching it. So that muscle is either tight because it's overworking or it's weak and working too, and too weak and too hard. Yeah, wait, hang on. 
So, <laughs> yeah, so like yeah. The, the point I'm trying to make is like, let's use your hamstrings. Like a lot of people yeah. have tight hamstrings yeah. and they'll stretch their hamstrings. <laughs> and uh, one of my first assessments as a chiro, you know, a lot of people come in with low back pain, bend down, touch your toes. And they're like, oh, I can't, my hamstrings are tight. They've been tight for 20 years. I've stretched them all I want. I do yoga. It doesn't work. The reason their hamstrings are tight is probably because their brain's either inhibiting their hamstrings because they think it's susceptible when they're going forward or their hamstrings are working for their glutes. They're trying to work instead of their glutes. Their glutes aren't working. Or their quads are really, really strong and their hamstrings are really weak. So, you know, there's a reason why the hamstrings are tight. If you're ever told, do this, and you've not given an answer, it's probably not the best advice. Like if I said to you, hey, mate, we need to strengthen your hamstrings, I will say we need to strengthen your hamstrings because they're underactive compared to your quads. They're not as strong compared to your quads or... You know, when you're trying to drive off the ground, you need all that posterior chain firing. You've got great calf and soleus strength. You've got great glute strength, but your hamstring in the middle is just taking a back seat because you're so strong either end. Why Why accept that? Why accept that you've got, you know, three main movers and you're just going to have one that's a bit weaker? Yeah. Let's train all three and get you even stronger. If that gets you 0.1 of a second faster, well, that's heaps. everything. Yeah. Well, everything yeah. in a race. <laughs> Literally. So is that a common thing that you you find with athletes that, uh, hip, glute, hamstring connection? Uh, athletes, probably not. Like, athletes... Uh, look, I try not to have any protocols anyway. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. I'm always going to assess everything. Like, I, I would never guess. So, it, like, there are patterns. Like, a lot of people sitting a lot of the times and the hip flexors are tight. Glutes are a little bit weaker. But, you know, especially with an athlete, like, you, you, you're you not paying me to come in and guess. Mm. Oh, hey, most other athletes are like this, so I'm going to yeah. give you that. Like, yeah. Yeah. you want your specific program. Like, both of you guys are sprinters. You both could have different patterns, you know. You could have a toe extensor weakness. You could have a glute weakness. Mm. But you're both coming from, like, a hip flexor tightness. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. just depends on what we're finding. It just depends on everything. Like, so, you know, a general population where they just want to, hey, James, I just want to be able to get out of my chair easier. doesn't really matter as much. But as an athlete, you know, that point one that you said the yeah, difference. Yeah. Like, yeah. we yeah. need to be specific. So... Um, you're right in saying that. Yeah, a lot of people have that glute weakness. You know, yeah. we, we're sitting a lot. We're we, you know, we're we're, di we're not engaging our glutes. We mm. get out of a chair and we swing forward. We use our arms like little patterns every day that we just b learn to do. You know, the most common items that we buy from a supermarket are at our eye level. We don't have to reach up or bend down anymore. So everything's made easy for us. We yeah. sit down, we get up, we sit down, have breakfast, seated, then we drive to work or get a train to work, then we sit down all day, then we come home. Like everything's sitting, sitting, sitting. So. Yeah, I remember when we first, I first went and saw him, he done a few tests on me straight away, kind of realised that I had a weak glute. Yeah. But then as we were managing those symptoms, other things started popping up, like especially in my calf. But then as, as you strengthen, as I strengthened my glute, the calf thing went away, like yeah. it was pretty good. You've got like your main muscles, right? Like your, your main power generators would probably be based around like your glutes and core and your lower back muscles. So everything's central. They're really, really big powerhouses of our body. And then when they start to fail or get weaker, we might try and use another powerhouse to compensate. If not, the body will then and the brain will then go further out of the area. So if your glutes are weak, you'll try and engage your hamstrings. If your hamstrings are also not quite doing their job, you'll engage your calf and then you might engage your foot extensors and your toe extensors. So, you know, these small little muscles that moving your toes are trying to help you extend your hip. Like your glutes, yeah. your biggest muscles. So... You wonder why people are coming in with plantar fasciitis yeah, or foot yeah. pain when they're running. So it's because their glutes are kicking off. Yeah, in that in that topic, like I read something a while back that said if you're like if your quads are tight, 
it puts more risk on your hammies. Is that true, or is that am I just an idiot? No, no, you hundred <laughs> percent. No, no, that, that's exactly right. Like, so, like both is correct. <laughs> soccer is the best example of that, right? Yeah. So a, a so- soccer players always get hammy tears. The most common injury for soccer players is hammy tears, and it's like, well, hang on a second. The movement that they're doing is all quad based. Kicking a ball yeah. is all quad and hip flexor based, but the the reason is because their quads are so strong their quads for instance in just the example might be able to produce a thousand newtons of force and the hammies maximal can produce 800 so when you explode when i kick a ball i need to have my hammies to control that movement and as the quads shortening the hammies lengthening if the hammy can't lengthen at the rate that the quads gonna shorten you're gonna tear the hammy so you're 100 percent right so if your quads are really really strong and your hammies are weak then you're gonna tear your hammy so it's important it's important yeah, for yeah. knee health it's important for a lot of things like ACL injuries are very much like an imbalance of like hamming quads yeah. and then going to glute and ankle stability mm. and things okay. like that but hamming All right. so let's take a U-turn back to when you were going to talk about muscle recruiting before you were rudely interrupted <laughs> hang on <laughs> that was a good question uh, yeah, yeah. good. It was you, good. Get, you get one good, per good podcast I'm <laughs> yeah. done for now <laughs> thanks for coming Josh <laughs> yeah so muscle recruiting yep uh, you said you were looking into a few things before you come on the podcast. Yeah, so when yeah. you're running, just just little things like um, in terms of like the calf. The calf is probably the biggest one for sprinting, right? Like everyone thinks the gastroc is the, the main calf muscle, but for sprinting, it's mainly the soleus, yeah? And it's because you're not running with your knee straight. The calf isn't going to cross, is, isn't, is it, it's a two-joint thing. So when you straighten your knee, that's when you're training that calf. But when your knee's bent, it's more that soleus. And the start of a race, when you're in the blocks or when you're coming off the ground, like when you're hitting that, that ground for that stride, your knee's got a little bit of a bend in it. So it is primarily that muscle. So having a look at muscle recruitment and going, all right, well, you're a sprinter. I probably need to train more soleus than calf. I need to give you more bent knee calf raises as opposed to straight knee calf raises. You read Rob's program. There's plenty of those. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> I like the bent knee calf raises. Yeah, and we've but looked at... L- like lower rep stuff or... Well, it depends what time of season we're in. And it depends on what your goal is, right? Mm. Like I would always train a muscle in lots of things. Like, again, have have a have a goal in mind. Do you know what I mean? Like try and get your one rep max. So if you look at a sprinter, a 100-meter sprinter at the Olympics, they're quite big blokes, right? And it's all about ATB production. Go and look at a marathon runner. They're not. They don't need that big production. They just yeah. need to be able to keep running. So if your goal is sprinting is to create maximal force for that time, you want as much ATP you know, our, our molecules yep. for energy. To do that, well, how do we do that? Stored in muscles. So the bigger the muscle, the more you're going to have per se. There's, It's a bit more complex than that, but that's a good point to yeah. be considering. So, you know, I would be going like high reps and then you could transition to lower reps or alternate, right? Like you'll go, all right, I'm going to do five by five, so I'm going to do some strength stuff and then push my three sets of eight out. Then I might do three sets of 15. You might retest your one rep max. Hopefully you've gone up 10, 15%, then reset. Yeah. You know, with you guys and most people in general, a lot of people just go into the gym and just do their, you know, three sets of six and that's just what they do. It's just repetitive yeah. and there's no goal to it. Like, you should know what you did last week and you should be beating it. Like, this week I'm aiming for six reps at 75% of my max, which is going to be 81.5 kilos or whatever it may be. So next week I'm doing 80%, which is going to be this. The week later I'm going to do 85%. The week later I'm going to do 90%. Then you should be going, if I can do six reps at 90% of my one rep, my run one rep should be way higher. Yeah. Retest your one rep, start again. And keep doing that until you get fatigue, until you get um, you know, neural fatigue or muscle fatigue, and then you have a recovery, you reset, and then you go from there. And that should be 
built into your macro and micro cycles to training and preparing for an event like the Olympics, Com Games, uh, whatever the mm. meet might be. Keep saying that. Olympics, Com Games, Olympics, Com Games. Well, that's what we're <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal. Now, so you've uh, you touched a little bit on gut health. I want to talk to you a little bit about diet because, man, like I go in there to see him about issues with my muscles but i just talk shit the whole time like oh, what about this what about this <laughs> he knows everything <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us a bit about um nutrition and how shit jack's diet is no nah, it's not that bad eh? no nah, it's pretty good it's pretty good besides these besides it's one day a week burger. bro one day a week i get imagine a you didn't fat have burger on a saturday imagine night. if you did not have that one day yeah but I like I, I get what you're saying yeah and but it's all about like mental health is important too right? yeah like yeah, yeah. if i it, you've got to have that lax like if you can go if Jack's going like, I'm going to eat real healthy all week, he's going to be more likely to sustain a good diet if he's allowed that one cheat meal. So he's pushing through Monday to Saturday. For me. For yeah. me. For this <laughs> bastard. <over laughs> he will go, uh, how long have you, like when's the last time you had something bad to eat? Or well, what define bad? Like, but bad's like... Like a double, <laughs> double refined, burger. <laughs> refined sugar, refined carbohydrate. So... When all this COVID stuff started and yeah. our season got cancelled, Rob and I said, like, we'll, we'll finish the season. Yeah, yeah. I had about a week of just <laughs> giving myself diabetes. <laughs> what did you have? Maccas. But, uh, like, uh, like realistically, did you put on much weight? No. Exactly. No, that's like the thing. Like, your weird. body's pretty your resilient. Body, yeah, like, yeah. It's like, weird. Uh, the, the analogy I give people is we're, we're not gentle snowflakes. You don't just drop us once and we snap. Yeah. Like, mm. We're like the Grand Canyon. We were, you know, things happen when you're repetitive trauma. So the Grand Canyon was built by a river flowing through it right water doesn't break down a rock if i throw water at a rock it's not going to break down but if water's running at a rock every day all the time for Erosion a long period of time that's yeah. what happens so you know one macca's meal a day or a week isn't going to give you much grief but you know yeah. it's repetitive it, it's going i'm going to go and have a refined sugar breakfast and then for lunch i'm going to go and have white bread and i'm going to have a coke with it and for dinner i'm going to go and have okay i'm going to have steak and veg but your steak's high in fat and you've already loaded up on fats and carbs and sugars and then you know, people always go, oh, desserts are really bad for you. Desserts aren't bad for you. They're just typically high sugar, high refined things. Like dessert could be great if you go and have a yogurt and like, you know, a dairy. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty anti-dairy, but if you have a like a, a an anti-dairy yogurt. I've tried to force some dairy on it. Why are you anti-dairy? Is there a reason? Um, it's just, I just don't think that we're designed to be eating it. Like from, as a kid, like we have a lot of those molecules. We have a lot of lactase to break down lactose as a kid. But when we're getting older, we don't have as much of that. So in, most people become lactose not as their life goes on. So, you know, milk, a baby cow's designed to put on all this weight really, really quickly, yeah? Which is why milk is such a dense thing. If you say to someone, I want you to put on weight, which is what we are as kids, right? The whole point as a kid is to grow. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, you know, you look at the stages of life from, you know, you know, two weeks old to six months old, the baby grows heaps. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes from, we need the energy to Soft do that. So milk is such an energy dense substance, yeah? So bodybuilders and stuff like that who can sustain it will be having quite high you know what does all bodybuilders have whey protein yeah whey is coming from milk right yeah, so, dairy and stuff, yeah. but if you can as we get older and then we're in a society where we're not trying to grow all the time most of us are well oh, i need a diet this and a diet that like milk is the complete opposite you need for something like that so you know calcium is important but you can get calcium from a lot of other things you can like meat yeah you can have it from meat you can have it from good vegetables you can have it from almond milk you know um things like that but yeah going back to your diets and stuff like that like it's that repetitive poor diet so yeah you know, and do you know what i mean like this is making me feel good about going to burger frank in camden shout out <laughs> <laughs> who, got, who got you under burger frank <laughs> oh you did <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good it is good yeah nah because uh 
hanging around this bloke a little bit more has made me want to fix up my diet a bit. And all this week, I did really well. Hey, yeah. but it, it's Sweet. you've got to have like your macros, right? Like I, I'm not I'm not a big believer in if it fits your macros. I think there's way more to it. You know, yeah. 100 grams of carbs is not 100 grams of carbs. 100 if I have 100 grams of sugar or I have 100 grams of you know brown rice worth of carb, like I, I don't think that's going to sustain me. It's not going to have the same glycogen response and insulin response and things like that. You know, 100 grams of carbs is not 100 grams of carbs, mm. but um, for the most part of it, like you guys as athletes, I'm going to go and eat something poor. Yeah. But if you can, if you, uh, if you're expending, like if you're, if you've got your diet set, your macros set, you know, and you go, I'm going to go and have burger Frank and it's a, it's a one off. It's not too bad, but yeah. your gut health is going to develop for what you're used to eating. Mm. So the main thing is like, look, I don't really eat fast food. I'm not going to go and eat Macca's. I haven't eaten like something like that in a long time. If I went and had a Macca's burger, it's going to put me to sleep. Yeah. Like I, I, shit, I, I, and, yeah. and it's, you know, even the other week I went and had Frango's. Like Frango's isn't that bad. It's nice. But when I've gone from my brown rice, sweet potato, steak, salmon, things like that, and I go, I'm going to go and have a cheat meal. My cheat meal, I couldn't have midday at work because mm. I'm, I'm going to yeah. be so tired and sleepy. And do you know what I mean? Afterwards, it's, it's something that we need to... You know, I personally like will put into a day or a day off. I'm not working today. I can afford to be tired. I'm not going to run the next day. You know, yeah. been doing a couple of runs to try and get fitter again for Oztag, and I did one the other day after like a after I went to the Hunter all weekend, and I just felt real heavy. And it's because I had this excess glycogen floating around. So, and every molecule of glycogen is going to have three molecules of water attached to it. So I had all this water weight and all this. So I felt like I had this massive calf pump mid run, yeah. and then I went and did a run on Thursday. And felt like I could have just kept going. Like I took, you know, an extra, you know, thirty seconds per k off my run yeah. in three days. wasn't any fitter. Yeah. I just had eaten better through the week, so I didn't have that expendable glycogen sitting around my blood, sitting around my calves, sitting around my hammies. So it's uh, you've got to weigh it up. Can you sustain that diet forever? And is it going to keep you happy? Because yeah. you've got to make sure your your dopamine and serotonin levels are good. And can you? Is it giving you the energy that you need? So yeah. like with Jack, like if you were saying like, or yourself, like if you don't have much fats and you were, rec- and you go, oh man, I'm really sore in the Achilles, I'm sore in the calf. I'd be like, all right, we need to up your fats. I'm not going to go and tell you to go and have Maccas. We might go, let's go and up it in a salmon or take a fish oil supplement yeah, or something yeah. like that. But if we're going, all right, well, you need to up your fats a little bit. So you, cause you know, fats are really good for connective tissue and things like that. Then we might say, have a cheat meal once a week, which is a bit higher in fat. Okay. And so you might end up feeling better. Yeah. Besides fats from meats, what would you say are some good sources of fats? Avocados. Yeah, that's, they that's are. All yeah, I know. yeah <laughs> av- av- avocados are a good fat. Like your coconut oils, yeah. your coconut yogurts, and things like that. Like anything that's not like overly saturated. You know, yeah, ghee. Yeah, ghee. Yeah, so ghee's probably. Yeah, I knew you were going to bring ghee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so e- even being like pretty dairy intolerant, like I can I can stand ghee, and yeah. I, I try and cook with ghee. But I like ghee for the fact that it's got a really high smoking point. So mm. when you're cooking, it's not going to, it. we're not going to burn off that carbon. So when you cook and you see that smoke, you're burning off the carbon yeah. and that's when you're turning a normal fat into a trans fat and yeah. your body can't use a trans fat for hormones and things like that. So you're just going to, it's only energy source. So bad fats that most people canola would oil. get, like the most of the um, vegetable oils, like canola, sunflower, they bad? stuff like that. The problem is, is they're not bad if you just got the can and sprayed it in your mouth, right? But... <laughs> You're yeah, not going to do that, right? You're cooking with yeah, it. So, yeah. so the thing is, when they sit there, point. yeah. So when they sit, because they've got a low smoke point. So what the, what I mean is, you spray it in the pan and it starts to smoke. What you're doing is you're burning the fat, and that smoke is carbon. So you're taking off one of the carbon molecules. You're breaking down that bond, and you're therefore changing that 
fat structure from an unsaturated fat or saturated fat to something else so this trans fat and that's what your body can't use anymore so if you're ingesting that your body's going okay i'm getting my steak or whatever i'm having that with now i can't use this fat what am what can i use it for i can use it for storage or i can use it for energy now as an athlete that's not too bad as someone who is an office worker and doesn't really exercise that much you know we don't really need this really high energy dense source being yeah. there so you'd be better off cooking with something like a ghee butter which has got a real high smoke point mm. um olive oil extra virgin olive oil yeah, for the simple great. for those at home just want something simple olive oil is fine <laughs> well ghee butter is not that hard to find like it's yeah, in most yeah, Woolworths yeah. it's you know it is a little bit more expensive you know but um yeah like you you your basic olive oils but how, would, how would you use the uh the ghee just put the ghee on the pan or yeah i just put the ghee in the pan and i uh, put some salt with it and then whatever i'm cooking you've so seen I me cook with ghee huh yeah yeah bro. yeah <laughs> but like you can Get put you it. can put like i know people who put ghee on top of their meat that they've cooked as a flavor like yeah. it's yeah. got a really rich right. buttery flavor it's not so as good as butter though Butter's okay. got that salty flavour. Yeah, like yeah, you can, you can then that. put salt on top. Yeah, Everything true, that right? is not good for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. good. Butter's not that bad. Grass-fed butter, it's good. Everything grass-fed. And I think, um, just back what you were saying, I think as you're younger too, you can handle a lot more cheap meals. Someone that, like at your age, how old are you again? 30, nearly 31. Oh, how old are you, Jay? Uh... Ask me how old I am, I dare you. 13. We all know how old you are, mate. Just by the music you listen to. 96.1. What time do you have to be in bed? 8.30 bedtime, Half an hour. Your mum's calling you, man. Currently 4.30 in half an hour. I'm starting to wrap it up. Have you had your nap today? Yeah, had it. Fuck's Yeah, he's keeping me up I'm backpedaling. Nah, that's all right. You're the fastest man in Oztag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep that medal on your bow. You race me and then talk shit, eh? <laughs> Keep that medal on your bow. <laughs> I'll go grab it next time. Oh, man. All right, that was fun. That was good. I think we're uh, coming up to time. Thanks for joining us, bro. Um, for the people at home, yep. where can they find you on um, so we're at Norellan Town Centre. It's Proactive Spine and Sports Medicine. Sorry, this camera. <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, I'm looking at my one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right, I'm <laughs> you pointed that one, so I'm going to blame Shout you out. for that. <laughs> yeah, so Proactive Spine and Sports Medicine. It's 46480022. Um, you can go onto our website, proactivespine.com, um, or you can just have a look for us on Facebook or Instagram as well. Yeah, find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. That's that'll be great. Yeah, give these guys yeah. a shout out. Well, I hope you'd be on. We're yeah, popping off, man. <laughs> Got to get around it. I'm YouTube already on as well. it. Yeah, shout it. Hundred percent. Yeah, mugs, mugs are coming soon as well. Sick. And and clothing, I hope because yeah. I, I want to rep the clothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. Sure. Thanks, man. Sure. Get your pearl jack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nimbus. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Cool.